The following podcast is part of the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch at CKCC Online for more great content just like this. Welcome to episode 35 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Well, for this episode, I sit down once again in a car uh, with Ron Underwood, formerly of Opiate for the Masses, currently lead singer for Nine Electric. It was so great to have Ron on the show. He's one of those people that when I first when I first started the show, I really wanted to make sure I could get him on. It was great to finally be able to do that. And uh I feel like this is one of those ones where I laugh a lot and those are those are always the most fun uh interviews to do is ones where I laugh a lot and ones that are very laid back, you know, when when the the interview subject is just just a person like, you know, there's no the, the you don't find them intimidating, you find them very welcoming, very eager to answer your questions and this is definitely one of those. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, here's Ron. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I am in Clifton, New Jersey, once again, down the road from Dingbats this time, sitting in the uh, parking lot of a, of a retail establishment that may or may not want to be named, so I, I won't name names, but I'm sitting here <laughs> with uh, Ron Underwood from the band Nine Electric. How's it going, Ron? It's good, man. We did a little jaywalking to get here. <laughs> I'm feeling, you know, it's it's going to be a, rick, a risk-taking evening. All right. And um, I'll hopped up on donuts <laughs> and coffee it's gonna be a good night well like i said to you before because i'm lame and we can chalk that up to to being a dad or not every time i walk is jaywalking jaywalking <laughs> dad jokes so i first became aware of you in the early 2000s when you were in the band opiate for the masses and i was just wondering how that band came together Oh, man, it was a, a bunch of high school friends. I went to art school. It was like a charter school in Arizona. And um, a bunch of these kids were doing a bunch of cool performance art. And um, when I first, probably the first or second day I got there, I realized that a lot of the visual artists were kind of pretentious, like the painter, like any of those programs. They seemed much more like really hard on each other. And it just wasn't my style. So I ended up just only taking music classes. And I, I just got along with them. It was just more of a sense of community. And um, I'm glad I did because it just changed the course of my life. So, I mean, we just, we weren't even old enough to be in the bars. So we would have to go set up our gear, do a sound check, then leave, then come back for our set time and then, you know, pack up and go. Wow. And, and it was like that for a while. And that band lasted for about 10 years. We traveled a bunch and yeah, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> So but yeah, so we knew, we knew each other from high school. Okay, so and for for people that may not be aware of like the meaning of the band name, can you explain what that means and and how you guys decided to name your band that? It, it was definitely just in a conversation about different philosophies, and um, you know, Karl Marx came up as is. Uh, it, it was just a matter of like talking about, you know, what what are the alternative uh, when you're a kid and you're like, you know the government sucks and all this stuff. It's like, we don't know anything about any of it. But then it's like, okay, well, what's the alternatives? What what other templates exist? And yeah. so it was just one of those kinds of things we were tossing around. But um, 
Yeah, it, it was funny. It took us years to like actually kind of incorporate the Soviet imagery or any of the stuff that ended up, you know, coming out of Karl Marx's uh, ideals or whatever you want to call it. But it, it's funny because once we started like waving like Soviet looking regalia and like kind of dressed in a certain way and having album art that kind of matched all that that's when we really blew up and we're like oh why, why don't we do that earlier man <laughs> it, I mean, we, we i think we were trying to avoid the obvious which right. when you're when you're young you you want to overthink everything and, and outthink you know what i mean yeah, yeah well i'm so original i'm so this i'm so that <laughs> um so i definitely no that was it that was a good fun run with those guys and i took a took a couple years break when that band broke up and um Mikey, uh, Mikey and Mike, Micah um, called me. They had my lawyer on the phone, my music lawyer from Opiate for the Masses. And he was like, hey, I got these guys in my office. They were asking about you. And they just seemed serious. And, and we started working together right away. Okay. And wow. um, that's that was the... The genesis the, 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 of, yeah, the genesis of Nine Electric. All yeah. right. We'll get to that in a minute. I just had two other things I oh, did yeah, want to yeah, ask yeah, you about I'll, Opiate. I'll, I'll indulge whatever. Um... Uh, from what I can find with Opiate for the Masses, you guys were independent until about 2005 when you guys signed with Warcon Enterprises. How did how did you guys end up signing uh, with them? I think that we had done a little bit of a run on um, on the Warp Tour, so Kevin Lyman was familiar with us, and we had a manager at the time, um, Bob Shapardi. With uh, he had a, a company that was. They were mostly like promotion. It was called Concrete, right? And which is how I actually discovered you guys. Yeah, was, was on those sampler discs. They, yeah, those little teaser discs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember. I used that. to get those at the local music Concrete store when Corner. when that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Bob was our manager through through that time, and um, he was just he and Kevin Lyman from Warp Tour decided to do like a merger label kind of thing, and we were. I think we might have been the first or second album put out on that thing. Wow. And um, it, it was a cool time because it, it was a time for, like, us being a very still underground band, but they're playing us on MTV and things like that. Right, it right. was, like, it was a crazy time for, you, you know, MTV still was a curator of up-and-coming acts instead right, of right. now it's... Like, I, I, I don't even know what they something. have to do like, with music, yeah. <laughs> It's it's crazy to see that the change happen, but I'm a firm believer that when you when you have the ability to reinvest in the arts, it's it's your responsibility as an artist to do so. Um, and the irony now is, it seems like the biggest contributors to arts are the artists at this point. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like you got to buy the instrument, you got to produce your own album, you got to. Um, so I hope that those who are successful these days recognize that they have the power you know if, if they've made a bunch of money being an artist i i hope that they reinvest because that's uh, no one else at the moment is you know right, what i mean right, everyone's right. used to getting stuff for free and everyone complains about the state of music and stuff i think there's a lot of great new music out but um which is you know a whole other conversation to be had but um it is definitely you do have to fight through a lot more stuff you right, know what i mean right. it's that the the playing field is level now, so it's um I don't know, just reinvest, peeps. Yeah, if you yeah. got it, buy an album. <laughs> That's uh, I always say, you know, it's a hashtag that uh, I I adopted from from somebody else, but you know, buy music or it's buy music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So it looks like Warcon went under in 08, and then you guys signed with Century Media, and I feel like that was sort of when you guys, at least to me, got more out there than ever before with Burn You Down, that it was getting airplay on Sirius, and it was included as a, as a free download for Rock Band 2. Right, yeah, so and, with video game deals. Right, and, and so I was just wondering why a year later you guys wound up breaking up. Well, um, it, it was definitely a tumultuous time. We had done a lot of touring, and um, it was like almost our 10th year as a band. And Jim, who was the other main owner slash, you know, the, the founder of the band, he's a guitarist, Jim Kaufman, didn't want to be touring anymore. He, he was much more a person who preferred the creative side in the studio, and I think that touring was really getting to him. So he, I was literally on my way with the tour manager to meet the rest of the band for like a bunch of radio stuff in um, like in the Midwest in the summer. Yeah. And um, he, I got a phone call from Jim and he's like, dude, I can't do it anymore. And um, so it was like, do we just keep driving? Do we find replacements when we get there? I wasn't going to be able to keep people paid and things like that. So it just kind of fell apart from there. And since all these radio stations um, had been promoting us as, hey, they're, they're coming to play our yeah. our radio shebang, yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, well, now you pulled out. So I felt like we were a little blacklisted. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. like they took a chance on an up-and-coming act, and we didn't deliver. So I think there was a bit of that. So in the early stages of Nine Electric, it was kind of like, do we tout me as, you know, ex, ex-opiate for the masses, or yeah. do we just, like, cut those ties? And we, we made the decision just to keep keep looking forward and um, just, you know, start afresh. And I, I do know that when the... Uh, because although I, I noticed that, I guess, that the, the opiate for the masses uh, social media is no longer active, as far as I could find, uh, when Nine Electric had started, it still was. That's how I found out about Nine Electric, was right. that when, when Damaged Ones was coming out, I guess you posted through the opiate page, like, "Hey, check out this record for my new band," and that's how I knew that oh, you were in a new band. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And I don't remember how that post was even posted because I, from from all my recollection, I don't remember the last I had like you know access, access to, to all it. that stuff. And in like at the label um, that that had control over that, there was so many personnel changes around yeah. that time, so. Who, who I mean, knows? It came up somehow. Who knows that's, that's how where I... that password, <laughs> you know, like w- went to die. I have no idea. But yeah, no, that's. I know it's not there anymore though. I was looking for it last night. I was like, it was, and and it's what's weird. And I don't know if it's some sort of a Facebook al- algorithm or whatever. When you search the word opiate, nothing comes up. Oh, <laughs> so they're squashing that whole thing. Maybe. Well, you know what? Maybe it was good that we didn't continue. Uh, as a band <laughs> no they they were going to call us the, the opiate ep- ep- epidemic <laughs> it's that band i knew it so you already sort of touched on uh how nine electric came together after after the end of that so how did you guys come up with the name nine electric that the name actually had been established before i even stepped foot in the band as i recall they they wanted to do something more electronic than their their former bands Mikey and Micah were, were in another band also and so uh, the obvious word electric kept popping up and then um, I think it's Mikey's favorite number I, I love the number nine for a million reasons but um, and, and I think maybe subliminally when when people say it rolls off the tongue it's like the 9-11 the yeah, sense yeah, of urgency yeah. 
There, I think there's a few reasons that the, you know, etymologically speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is that a word? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but I, I think that that's why it kind of, they, they kept coming back to that and decided on it. Okay. So you guys released a couple of EPs before signing with another century for the full-length album Damaged Ones. And I wanted to ask you, what happened, if, if you can tell me or if you know, what happened with that label? Because I know that originally... Another Century was created as an offshoot of Century Media for bands that they had on their roster that they felt didn't really fit with the more metal thing that Century Media was known for, and they kind of felt like some stuff was falling through the cracks. So when they announced the formation of Another Century, they said, this is for you know the more you know rock-leaning bands that don't fit with our main thing, and that we, you know, we want to have this separate label to focus on that. And it doesn't even look like that's a thing anymore. Like I think that, like when I go to another century, their their website, like it's not, it's for like some other record label now. Right. So they they had done so well in in the heavier music genre, and you know primarily what you would call like the European faction of, of heavy music. They're they're based out of um, Germany and London, but they're they're two owners. Uh, I I never I don't believe I ever met Oliver. But Robert Kampf was a hugely amazing person for me to meet. The, fir- the first time I met him, it was like my lawyer and my uh, former guitarist, Jim, and him going to the Grammys together. Uh, our lawyer invited us all and um, had a blast with him. He, just, he seemed like one of the most genuine people in the music industry, where, where you see that sparkle in his eye. He's still yeah, a yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and he was one of those that reinvests. Clearly, yeah. you know, he built he built all these bands, doing just like incrementally small small plans with them. But you know, yeah. over twenty years, like these these bands have have built these careers, and he he saw them from the beginning. And um, so it was really exciting to work with him with Opiate for the Masses, and it was great to work with him again um, with Nine Electric. But the thing that happened around that time was that Oliver, uh, his, his business partner, passed away. And um, Sony was interested in acquiring the, uh, the, the catalog okay. or the company, whatever you want to call it. So there was, there was so many deals that were kind of cut short or in the middle or in between. Yeah. I mean, something that drastic that happens is, you know, it's, you, you can't plan for something like that. Right, Someone right, passing right, right. away. Um, it, so, I mean... He basically Robert. I mean, I can't speak for him or what right. what his whole take on it was. But he obviously wanted to move on from the company. Yeah. So Sony acquired it, and, and once a whole other faction acquires a company, you have no idea what right, their intentions right, are right. going to be with with the assets, or you yeah, know what I mean. People are seeing it's, it now with the Disney Fox thing. Exactly. So you you know exactly what's yeah, going yeah. on. It's it, like when someone buys a new house, they're going to remodel, or yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they want to get rid of this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so uh, as far as that that offshoot, I I really don't yeah, know what okay. what it could be. Yeah, because well, I mean that makes the, sense because I when I went you the website is still active and when you go there it, de- it redirects you to Sony Red which is their more like independent distributing. I, you arm. know what? It, basically, um, that that actually reminds me. Um, I could get maybe a little more specific, but uh, like I just shot a few videos for like a storm. I love those guys. Awesome band. Awesome guys. And it was 
basically handled through all the Sony Red people. Okay. So that those were my label mates at the time. Yeah. But now I'm not with that label. Yeah. Then, but they're, let's just say like when I got my payment or whatever, it was from Sony Red. Okay. All right. I, something like that. So speaking of, of, you know, not being on that label anymore, you guys are currently on tour for your new album, Megalith, which was released through Pavement earlier this year. Tell me a bit about what fans who haven't heard the record can expect from it. Um, it's a big rock record. It's very songy. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I, I would say it's definitely like front to back, like a really cohesive piece. But I'm a song guy. I like songs. If if I'm not like hooked by, you know, eight counts in, yeah. I'm like, I have a really short attention span. So I like hooks. I like, you know, I like conciseness of approach and things like that. Um, I don't know. Big, huge guitars. And I, I've, got, I've got a lot to say. There's a lot of introspection on the record, uh, lyrically. I, 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 I was reading something earlier today when I was researching for this, and I, and I think I remembered reading that in, a, in another interview you guys said that it was sort of less less electronic, less sample-y than, than some of the definitely, older stuff? Definitely less sample and um, like beat loops. They're, they're there, but it's just a different approach. They're peppered in rather right. than being like a, a, a straight backbone throughout. Right, right. Okay. So I wanted to get your thoughts, if I could, on the current Static X situation. Oh, yeah. I've had this conversation. For, for, for listeners that might not know, uh, Wayne Static appeared on your song Destroy As You Go for Nine Electric. You guys toured with Static X, and after Wayne passed, you guys played at his memorial show. Right. Now, I know that, that with the tour, I actually went to the to the Jersey show on Saturday. I thought it was great, uh, even though in, in the press they're trying to keep the singer a secret. It's, it's really obvious <laughs> who it is. Um, now, now, Tony has said in interviews that the reason that they're doing this is, is, is as a tribute to Wayne and because they weren't allowed to attend that other show, the, the tribute show in 2015? Yeah, I mean, I, as far as the drama with, um, you know, his Wayne's wife and things like that, I have no idea. Right, right. what I, I wasn't around at, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. at those times. And I really like Tony, and I, I've heard his side of, it, you know, the whole situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just a sad situation. Right, That's right, really right. what it comes down to. Like when I first heard that, okay, there's going to be a guy with a Wayne mask on yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. I was like, is that in bad taste? You know, like, I mean, that's the, obviously yeah, where right. you default to. But then when I heard the explanation where it was like, we don't, we want it to be about Wayne, we don't yeah. want it to be, then I could see the difficulty of them coming to that conclusion, yeah. like, okay, let's stand behind this and do right, it. Right, right. So I, I can't shit on it. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? I mean, people have been. That's why I want to, because I know that you were, sort, like I said, you were sort of, you knew the people involved, and, and, you know, I got into an argument with a friend online the other day, like, like he's, he's posting, like, you know, make sure nobody goes to this thing, uh. because it's just, it's just, you know, Tony is, uh, Tony's cash grab and shitting on Wayne's legacy. I was like, I, I don't know about all that. He's like, well, Wayne, you know, when Wayne was still alive, he already did, a, you know, a Wisconsin death trip, 15th anniversary. You know, do we really need a 20th without him? I was like, well, you know, these guys, this is their side of the story, and I don't have, you know, I wasn't involved, so I right. don't really, I can't really 
have uh, shit on them, like you said. But, you know, I enjoyed the band, and when I went to the show, I enjoyed the show. You know, but some people are really against it. You know, and, uh, you know, I guess they've taken some, you know, because there was all of that bad blood between Tony and Wayne in right, the press exactly. before Wayne passed. Uh-huh. And so people have sort of taken sides on that. I think that's the most upsetting part, is that the, the closure, the physical closure, yeah. didn't really happen, like publicly or, yeah. you know, otherwise. Um, yeah. And so that, that's that's where people are kind of hanging on to. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm an optimist because right, right, right. at the end of the day, what what does any of the bullshit matter? The point is you love the music. Wayne was a great, legendary, big part of my life and I'm sure a bunch of other people's and like make the best of, of this situation. Right, like, right, right. Like these, these guys clearly were a big part of the band Yeah, okay. and they're the only parts left. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, guys. So, yeah, like I said, I... What, I, what do you want from them? <laughs> what do you want from them? I I, so I, I, I I backed them up after hearing, you know, a bit of the explanation where, where they're coming from. And either you're going to like it or you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But you, but you said it was a good show. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I... And I wouldn't... And I also wouldn't be against, because they've been talking in, in interviews lately, you know, mostly Tony's one, the one doing the interviews, like saying, like, you know... We'll see how this goes, and and maybe if people want us to keep going, like then we'll do that. And I'm sure that other you know, people will shit on that, or they won't. I wouldn't be against it. You right, know, I mean, right. I I've always really enjoyed that band, and I was lucky to get to see them with the not the original lineup because by that point they had a different drummer or whatever. But you know, I right. saw them as the Static X that people knew twice. You know, when they played around '07, when they played the Ozfest, and then they did a tour with. Uh, it was Shadows Fall, maybe? I think you're right. Um, and, and maybe Three Inches of Blood might have been on that tour mm-hmm. as well. Like, I saw them twice around that time, and, and you know, so I got to see that. I got to see this. I, I didn't see the version that you toured with, which was, like, just Wayne and, and all new guys, you know, his solo I, band or whatever. But. I toured with um, it, with Opiate for the Masses also. Oh, with Opiate. Um, in yeah. probably around 2005. And um, I saw him, like... What, what I understand, like, he really didn't party at all. I never mm-hmm. saw him with a drink in his hand at that time. Right. And then I think, you know, yeah. when he met his wife, as everyone kind of close to them knew, she was kind of, like, right. <laughs> they, they were kind of, like, a, in their own world together right, right, and, right. and would party and stuff. And um, so I, I did see the difference that, like, let's say I saw the before and after of when, you know, like, Tony or any of the closer band guys were no longer in the yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... I can understand Tony's side of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, it's its unfortunate. I, I wish they were both still here. You right, know what I yeah, mean? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's similar to the Pantera situation. When mm-hmm. you had the Dimebag and, and uh, Phil, you know, it's kind of the same thing with that, which sucks. I never got to see them, so that, that's, yeah, that sucks yeah. real hard for me. <laughs> so you've touched on it a bit, peppered in throughout some of your responses, but, uh, you know, I always ask anybody that's on this show uh, how they feel about the current state of the music industry, and, and specifically... I find in in talking to people, you know, because I'm very passionate about supporting bands and and music and buying the CDs and stuff, but a lot of people don't. They'd rather, you know, know, I've had some people, when I ask them this question, they say, oh, you know, illegal, illegal downloading isn't really a thing anymore, but it's still a thing. And then you've got the people that would rather just subscribe to Spotify or whatever, and they say, and they say, bands make all their money at shows, so what do we have to buy the music for? And I, right. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that idea. And I was just wondering how you feel about the way that it seems that 
most people feel about buying music and the music industry these these days. Here's, I, I think the problem started early on when music was so vastly uh, successful. I think that it's weird to think, like thirty years ago, albums cost more or the same that as as they do now. Right, or, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, so there there was a false bubble that was gonna pop no matter what. Yeah. I think, um, and as as the technology of how it was gonna be spread around got better and better I, I'm sure some people were going to go that's too expensive I want it to be less yeah. and the people the, the people's will is what what ends up happening at the end of the day yeah. so when when people could download it illegally it was going to happen so I, I mean I have so many views on the hat the ha- you know what came first the chicken or the egg yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean I think that the high prices that, that peaked around like the, the mid-90s or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That was a big reason why people were like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, or you know what I mean? They yeah, started yeah. going, well, I bought, I bought this album, there's only one good song on it. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, and the, the, the single is only available for three weeks and then yeah, they yeah. take it off the shelves and it's never available again. You remember all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they, I think that the music industry backed themselves into a corner in certain ways. But I don't think that it's their fault that they could have ever foreseen something that completely pulls the bottom out of the industry and it goes into the abyss of who knows what's next, you know? Yeah, yeah. But wait, I don't even remember what the question was. It was basically how you feel about the state of the industry and people not buying music. It's unfortunate. I I just, I wish, I wish I had an answer. Uh, The the best thing I can uh, say is that industries banding together and helping each other is going to be the best way to keep to keep music um i don't know competitive i, I think there's a healthy competitiveness like yeah. to to make your music better you should yeah. want to make better songs you should want to challenge yourself as an artist but you should also have the help to be able to live your life and not yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because people who are panhandling on the street aren't going to be able to have like a, a home studio to work in or, right. or you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean so there uh, i think uh social structure is is what's going to move things along as painlessly as possible right and so the state right now it, it's pretty socially acceptable to download shit illegally yeah but if they're reaping what they sow, they're reaping a bunch of stuff they didn't pay for, and you get what you pay for. Right, right. So, it, you know, it, I think things come in waves, and, and there will be a bounce back of, of really solid music, and, and people will realize what they were missing, and right. they'll, they'll want to protect it. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, it, it has made the, the greater move toward the streaming, which I personally don't like, but I know that we were talking earlier before we would turn the recorder on about how uh, when your new record came out, the new nine electric you guys were saying like i know that people want to buy the cds i know there are those of you out there but if you listen to it on spotify it would be really helpful for us if you did that right <laughs> you know it, and i do remember exactly i'm um, having that like posted i think yeah, yeah. mikey might have said that on um like one of our live streams yeah, yeah, that yeah. was what you're talking about yeah because people look at numbers it's like it's like it's like the stock market yeah. you know what i mean and it's it's more immediate to follow those numbers than it is for us to report every wednesday hey we sold this many this week in these venues and yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. so it is more of a real time test especially when early on it's like okay 
we got the release. What do the numbers look like at the end of the week? And yeah. you're like, I haven't even sent in the, the <laughs> solid copy ones yet. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 and yeah. then they go, well, it only did this many this week. So it, it's it, everyone's everyone's looking for a reason to dismiss something because right. they, they have too much other shit to worry about. Right. So, yeah. This world's getting complicated, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, we're still up for it, though, huh? Yeah. I mean, you look at this little technology in your hand yeah. recording this conversation. It's yeah. magic. Nine, nine, uh, I think it was 80 bucks on Amazon. Amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. So you guys are currently on tour with Boba Flex, and when this tour was first announced, the direct support was Saul, and I guess they dropped off and you guys took their place. Do you know what happened? I have no idea what the backstory was. It, as, as far as I know, it was just um, us reaching out to our, our agent and saying, hey, we got this album out. We were... We've sat at home for way too long. Like, <laughs> we, what, what do you got? Like, yeah, yeah, let, yeah. let us know where we we can go and rock some faces. Okay. And um, I, I've loved Boba Flex forever, so I was just like, I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good thing. And it's a good thing that you did. They just announced yesterday that uh, first they announced that Sean, who's their uh, one of their guitarists slash vocalists, was leaving, and then his brother Marty said, "Without Sean, there's no band. We're gonna finish our tour dates, and then we're over." <laughs> I. I you know what I it's it's gonna be hard to see that close of that chapter yeah. but I'm really excited for whatever new music right yeah because because they do well because they did say that the that the four guys that, that are that are gonna be remaining Marty Jimmy Jake and Tommy are gonna start a new band so I, I can't wait to yeah I yeah I can't wait to see that so do you know uh from from your guys or from from their camp or anything if there's any because especially uh, Sean's leaving the tour after this week. Is there anything special planned, or are they just sort of... I mean, I just got... I, I was just, you know, told this last night, right, I think yeah. it was. Was that when... It, was, the, it just the, came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we were, like, in the hotel just chilling all together, and we are like, no way. And and then it was, like, I for me personally, it was... I, I felt relieved to be on the tour, to... Exactly, to get to play with yeah. them and um, get to hang out with them. Um, so a, a bit of a surprise, but... I don't. I don't want them to stop doing music. Right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've known them for 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 shit, fifteen years now. So that's so crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like again, like I was telling you before, we we talked a lot before we started the official talk. <laughs> uh, you know, I I saw them the first time I saw them was uh, they were the the second stage opening act at the very first Gigantor back in two thousand five. That's so crazy. And that's how I first I first. Uh, was exposed to them. I believe that my, um, I think my drummer from Opiate for the Mess is Seven Antonopoulos first turned me on to them. He was raving about them. Okay. And um, so it was right around that time. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was bad. I remember, I don't know if they continued the philosophy that they had, but I remember when they first started the Gigantor, uh, Dave Mustaine said that the philosophy, the philosophy behind that tour was you know bands that play guitar because there was too much uh, too much stuff out there with no That's fucking true, solos yeah. or no focus on guitar it, so at least that very first Gigantor is like any you know if they're if, they're, if they got good guitar playing they'll be on this tour that's cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was at the time where everyone was kind of ditching solos and lead yeah, lines yeah, yeah, just yeah. for, like, a rhythm section. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was, that was what, two that's years so removed from St. Anger, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just have one, one oh, last crap. thing to... Oh, crap. That, oh, crap I, I have the keys to our vehicle, and I'm like... Oh, and okay, we're hold, down the block. 
Um, how, how long do you think we'll be? I, I mean, we can continue. I have one last question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which is that this run of dates that you guys are on with Boba Flex is ending in a few days. What's next? Actually, we I, I can't announce this because it is not set in stone. It's not we we haven't signed the the things yet. But a big long tour coming up towards uh, more Septemberish time. Okay, and um, I'm gonna be doing a bunch of videos for for our songs. Okay, cool. So I I do directing. <laughs> so yeah, we got a bunch more singles coming out towards the end of the year, and um, I want to do I want to do videos for all of them. Okay. And and I'll get you I'll get you our um, the EP that, okay. that is kind of the twin uh, Omega Lit. Right, right, okay. I mean, Weird Al did that once. He he released an album, and he didn't make any videos because the the parody the lead single parody was an Eminem parody, and Eminem had okayed the parody but not the music but video. But not like a and so like then this thing. so then the <laughs> next the next record he just did a music video for every song on the record. He's like, this is to make up for the last <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, right? smart. I like that. <laughs> He was actually my first concert, Weird Al. <laughs> He's brilliant. So, all right, man. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. We'll go get uh, your keys back to, uh, I, I, to the I rest of the band. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I, it was so funny. Earlier today, um, one of the band members left with the keys, and I was like, who does that? <laughs> this guy. This guy does that. All right, man. It, well, it, I totally jinxed myself because, <laughs> yeah, now I understand. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Now, uh, <laughs> can't wait to see you guys me, play for a third time. Ah, I'm stoked.
From the album Megalith, that was Nine Electric with God and Man. I want to thank Ron Underwood for being on the show. I also want to thank him for being so awesome to my kids at the show. I had brought the kids along because, uh, as mentioned in the interview, Bobaflex announced that they were going to be breaking up. They're they're ending the band, and my kids have always been Bobaflex fans and Nine Electric fans. So we brought them to the show. And Ron was just so awesome talking to them, spending time with them. At the end of Nine Electric set, he put them up on stage. Uh, you know, when the band took their uh, selfie with the crowd, the, my kids were on the stage with them. It was such a, it was such a cool thing to do, and he didn't have to do that. So I really want to thank him for that. You can follow Nine Electric on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Nine Electric, and on Facebook at Nine Electric FB, and that is the number nine for all of those. You can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. And if, like me, you believe in supporting music and buying the music that you love, you can follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and post or tweet all of your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Uh, as far as what's next for the show, I do have an interview that is supposed to be taking place in early August, uh, and this might be, this for this episode, this might be the first episode where I have a guest co-host. Uh, it's an idea that I've bounced around for a while uh, when I know someone that knows more about the band or the person that I'm going to interview, um, and it just never worked out so far, uh, but, you know, this may or may not happen in August, and if it does, it'll be cool, I'll have somebody to bounce off of and, and someone to give more information. Uh, where I might be missing some, so um, keep an eye out for that. I'm not going to announce who the band is or who the guest co-host is until after the episode is recorded, just to make sure not to get anybody's hopes up. I, I've learned, you know, I've, I've tried, I've always tried to keep things under wraps until they came out, and the one time that I made the mistake of uh, revealing to a friend early that I was going to do an interview with uh, someone that she was really into, the interview wound up falling through, so... <laughs> I keep my mouth shut until it comes out, or until it's done, until I know that it's going to come out. You know, I'm still working on J-Bunny Fest. Hopefully get that sorted within the next week or so, so we can start, we can announce it officially and start promoting it. Uh, I was really hoping to have this done by now. I, I, I've, never, I've never done this before, and not that I thought it was easy, or going to be easy, but I, I didn't realize how much goes into to doing this, so... You know, it's a learning experience, and uh, hopefully I have some information for you guys soon. Hopefully you join us. It's going to be a good time. Night of Live Music always is. 
New York Renaissance Fair is going to be starting in less than a month now. Uh, I don't know yet who's really going to be there and who's not. It doesn't seem like they've made as many announcements of uh, entertainment as they have in the past, but hopefully there's some uh, musical acts at, at the New York Renaissance Fair this year that I enjoy and haven't had on the show yet, and hopefully I can make that happen as well. I think that's about it for now. I'm going to leave you guys today with another song by Nine Electric from their album Megalith. This one is featuring guest vocals from Carla Harvey of Butcher Babies. This is The Light. Until next time, guys. <laughs>